Next on BYU Sports Nation, back in the brackets. Does an NIT spot equal success for BYU basketball this season? What BYU football offseason storyline isn't being talked about but should be? We'll Plus discuss. the boys of spring are back. BYU baseball coach Mike Littlewood joining us in studio to preview the season opening week. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your host, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Tuesday, February 12th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Abraham Lincoln's birthday party planner, Jason Shepard. So, President's Day is Monday. It's a little early for President's Day references, though, don't you think? Well, it's Abraham Lincoln's birthday, Jason. Like, officially today? Yes. But we don't celebrate President's Day until... I understand that, but you're Abraham Lincoln's birthday party planner, so you should know when his Everyone birthday is. Everyone gets a really, really high, you know, top hat and a, <laughs> a fake beard. You know, and I, I won't mention the actual pizza company. Everybody's probably seen the commercials. Okay. Okay. But, you know, they have the, the guy that looks like Abraham Lincoln... Trying to sell pizza, it's creepy to me. <laughs> Mostly because of his voice. The way he talks kind of creeps me out a little bit. Just don't have the celebration in a theater, okay? Oh, boy. Just don't, don't do that, okay? Oh, boy. <laughs> I didn't go there. It wasn't me. You're drawing conclusions. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right. Here's today's show lineup in 15 minutes. Mark Durant, former BYU basketball player, current BYU basketball radio analyst, tells us what the expectations for BYU hoops should be, Jason, over the final five games. Lauren McLean searching campus far and wide for the next great BYU football walk-on between the lines in about 30 minutes. And this is an exciting time for Jason (laughs) Shepard and for BYU baseball. Why the Cougars are all in as we go all in with their head coach, Mike Littlewood, that in roughly 40 minutes. You ready to roll, man? Let's do this. Okay, let's go to headlines. BYU men's basketball. A projected seven seed in John Templeton's latest mid-major madness NIT bracket projections. That's right, we're doing NIT bracket projections. The Cougars are a six seed in the D-rating sports NIT projections. BYU travels to San Diego on Thursday to face the Toreros. Could be a big one for BYU. Gymnastics jumps one spot to number 20 following its victory over Air Force, Springfield, and Seattle Pacific on Saturday. Five BYU gymnasts took home Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference Specialist of the Week honors. Abby Miner, Haley Pitu, and Rebecca Bean all earned Vault Specialist honors, while Elodie Cyrene earned honors for Bar Specialist and Shannon Evans for Floor Specialist. That's a lot of specialists. Lots of specialists. BYU men's volleyball drops another spot to number eight in the ABCA Co- Coaches poll. The Cougars finally home to host Concordia on BYU TV. Thursday, 9 Eastern. It's a Valentine's Day bash. Is uh, Jeremy going to be back from Cuba in time? Oh, he that? will be. Okay. Let's hope he's uh, <laughs> not too sunburnt. Yes. <laughs> Both men's and women's track teams are ranked number 16 according to the USTF CCCA poll. The men's team fell back from number 13 and the women's jump up from 23rd last week. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. 
You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Our buddy John Templin and at NYC Buckets making an appearance in the show in mid-February. That means BYU is back in the NIT bracketology, Jason. Now as a seven seed, remember, there are 32 teams in the NIT bracket. They are seeded between one and eight. Now, if you win your conference but don't win your conference tournament championship, then you are guaranteed a spot in the NIT. After that, it's at-large. The Cougars right now projected at-large. Given everything that's gone on this season, Jason, is making the NIT this specific season considered success for BYU basketball? I think, in a way, it kind of goes back to something we had discussed during the football season. There, there are different levels of success. If, if you're going to have one overarching definition, though, yeah, I, I, think it, I think if BYU is an NIT team, I think it is a success. It wasn't that long ago BYU wasn't in the NIT conversation. After, after non-conference, BYU was 8-7. and seven. The Cougars were not an NIT team at that time. So working back into that position, I think, says a lot about how much better BYU is playing right now. They're 8-3 and three in WCC play, sole possession of second place, which I think right now is a, a big, big deal for BYU. The goal is certainly to make the NCAA tournament, and that's what BYU is going to try to do in in the conference tournament in Vegas, but it's going to take an act of heaven. Jason. It, well, if it is, but that's still the goal. That doesn't mean it's still not your goal, but if BYU lands in the NIT, that's success based off where the team was after non-conference play. Absolutely. It's a moving target. Let's rewind to the eight and seven moment after non-conference through 15 games. BYU was one game over 500. Yep. They had lost to Weber State, given up 113 points. They had lost in overtime to Southern Illinois. They had lost a heartbreaker to a mediocre UNLV team. They were blown out by San Diego State. Things were not good for BYU basketball. The mentality was not a happy time. It was not a happy place. So after an 8-7 and seven start, to be 16-10, and 8-3 yep. and three in the West Coast Conference, and holding on to that number two spot by a game and a half, yes. It's a moving target, and it's moving in the right direction. So let's compare it to football, Jason. I kind of feel like we clearly take 21 seasons at BYU in in basketball for granted. It's all all Dave Rose does. A 20-win season in basketball is kind of like six wins in football. You get bowl eligible. Yep. Okay? It's the standard, like, okay, it's the minimum threshold for success. Okay? Seven wins. Probably an NIT bid. So BYU wins a bowl game. They're sure they win seven games. Yeah, it's kind of the equivalent to what BYU basketball is pacing for right now, an, an NIT bid. Eight wins is a good NIT seed. You get some home games. So you get to make a little bit of money okay. and bring some fans in. Now, if you get to nine wins in football, people start to feel better about that, right? Yes. You're bubblicious. Maybe you're in the first four playing in Dayton. But ten wins is always the goal for BYU football. And 10 wins is the equivalent of making the NCAA tournament in basketball. It's hard. It's tough to do. And it, in a lot of ways, is a special season. It's been a while since BYU's done it. 10 wins is the equivalent of getting into March Madness. Right now, BYU's pacing for like a seven-win football season on the basketball side and an NIT bid. BYU was not the only local team or the only WCC team that was involved in our good friend NYC Buckets uh, NIT projections. Here, as you mentioned, BYU 
projected right now seven seed. Utah is a projected three seed. UVU, a projected eight seed. And St. Mary's is a projected three seed. Do you think these projections in the NIT are fair to BYU? In BYU's case, sure. Yeah, I don't know that I would have BYU higher than a six or a seven seed in the NIT right now. But the head-scratcher is what some of the other teams that BYU has beaten yes. are seeded. Yes. I know Utah's 5-1 and one on the road in the Pac-12, and they just pulled off the comeback for the ages at UCLA. They were down 23 in the second half, I think down 17 to five and a half minutes and somehow won that game. So they've been good on the road in the Pac-12, but the Pac-12 is terrible this year. It's terrible. Washington is the only legit team in that conference. Arizona, yeah. Arizona State, eh. Utah, eh. It just It's not good. So how is Utah deserving a three seed? Is it because they're winning road games in the Pac-12? Get out of here with that. That's, that's, that's nuts. Okay, they should be kind of where BYU is. Competitive. I think BYU and Utah are competitive right now. Utah Valley and eight seed? Okay. St. Mary's three seed? I don't have as much of a problem with that one just because – They have some quality wins uh, on their resume. Yeah, they got blown out by 48 against Gonzaga, but this is Gonzaga we're talking about. (laughs) BYU lost by 30 at home to Gonzaga. We'll see what happens in Spokane. So I'm okay with that. Utah, the three seed, that's a head-scratcher for me. Look, I I understand the whole scratching your head based on head-to-head matchups. I understand because BYU beat UVU. BYU beat Utah. So I, I understand it. But there's, BYU beat St. Mary's. Yes, and BYU beat St. Mary's, but BYU lost to St. Mary's. So, I, I mean, I, there, but there's more that goes into it than just the head-to-head. I, I don't have a big issue with it, mostly because right now I just don't put a ton of stock in the NIT projections right now. No, I do not believe Utah is a three seed. I think they are lower than that. If BYU plays in the NIT, I would expect them to be higher than a seven seed. I am surprised that St. Mary's is a three because there's, there's far more comparisons between BYU and St. Mary's because of conference play that I don't think there's a four seed difference between the two of them, but ultimately I, I'm not going to get too upset about it right now. Whatever. If you can be anywhere between a five and an eight seed in the NIT, I don't care. That means you don't have a home game. BYU wants to be in a scenario where they have at least one home game. Okay, so that, that I think is a realistic goal to shoot for right now is win a few more games, finish second in conference in the regular season, get to the championship game against Gonzaga in Vegas, and then you probably do have a home game in the NIT. Might be a three seed. That takes us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Jason, a six seed is the lowest NIT seed that BYU basketball has ever experienced in the Dave Rose era. That just so happened in his first season, 2006, when BYU was a six-seed playing at three-seed Houston. Dave Rose's alma mater, a game the Cougars lost. So, if BYU goes in as a seven-seed, this would be new territory for the Cougars. I don't think it's going to happen. No, I think if they end up in the NIT, I believe they'll be higher than that when it's all said and done. Let's hope that BYU football is also higher and moving in the right direction come August 29th. A countdown to the youths. 198. We're under 200, 198 days away between now and the day that the glorious college football season <laughs> opens between BYU and Utah at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Why am I bringing up football in the countdown right now, Jason? Because it's time that we dig a little deeper. 
What is the biggest under-the-radar off-season storyline for BYU football? Now that signing day yes. is over yeah. and we've had a month-plus to think about last season and we know Zach Wilson's in a sling, what's under the radar? I, I think it could be just how good the defense could be next season for BYU. BYU safeties are back. Corners are back. You, you lose Corbin from the defensive line. That's certainly a, a big loss. But Kyrus Tonga and the majority of the defensive line is back. And while some are concerned with the linebackers because of the loss of Sione, Butch, Adam Pulsifer, etc., I'm not worried. And that's not taking anything away from those players. Zane Anderson is going to be back. Isaiah Kafusi is going to be back. Chaz Ayu is back from his mission. And if there's a position on the defense that BYU has always done well with, it's linebacker. Here's another reason not to be worried about the backers. The coaches aren't concerned about it at all. They know what they have. Here's the other thing. You have the majority of a defense back from a team that was ranked Depend, I've, seen, I've seen two different ones. I'll, I'll mention both. 13th and 18th in total defense. 25th in passing defense. 24th in rushing defense. You bring the majority of that team back where, uh, where you did have a lot of young players playing that now have that experience. I think this defense could be really good next hey, year. You're top 30 in most categories that matter. Coming back. They were quietly the best part of BYU football last year. Zach Wilson's going to take all the headlines. He's going to get all the notoriety because he's the quarterback at BYU. That's what happens. That's what happens, yeah. Okay, the sun comes up and then the sun goes down. <laughs> the quarterback at BYU gets the most notoriety. I-, I like the BYU defense. I'm excited to see what they do. I think they play with a chip on their shoulder, and I think coaches are often reminding them, hey, nobody's thinking about you. You're just kind of an afterthought. Yet here you are. You show up day in and day out and try and get the job done. And the challenge is going to be issued once again in September and late August when BYU opens the season with four Power 5 teams. We'll see what that defense is really made of very early in the season. For me, under the radar is what the BYU coaching staff is doing with a few tricks up their sleeve. Come on, they, they can't get it past me, Jason. This NCAA transfer portal, I don't think we've heard the last of what's to come for BYU football. Because I happen to know that Dylan Colley, it took a long time for him to officially get into school and officially be announced with his BYU football team because the university here operates a little bit slower when it comes to transfers and that portal. I don't think that we have heard the last of newcomers at BYU. I don't know how it's going to impact. I don't know where specifically it's going to impact this BYU football team, but with the lack of depth at running back, I like to think that the Cougars are looking specifically in that direction. I think they've got some tricks up their sleeve, and they're going to quietly insert some impact players through this NCAA transfer portal. BYU is too good of a program, too big of a name, and the coaches are too good to overlook how much talent is ready and willing to move from other notable programs. Well, and, and there are some needs at certain positions. So, I mean, yeah, that would certainly make sense. Yes. It's just a matter of who and where. Is it the running back position? I hope so. Because right now, BYU has Lopini Katoa, Tyler Algier, and Jackson McChesney. I mean, what else is there? Squally Canada, gone. Riley Burt, transferred to Utah State. So what's coming down the pipeline for the running backs? Maybe some other positions. Watch the NCAA transfer portal. And you gotta, you got to watch it closely because it's going to be quiet. It's going to be very quiet when it happens. Okay? <laughs> yeah. 
How, how quiet? Hey, oh, very, stealth. 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 Stealth, stealth mode. Okay, I like it. Stealth mode. Okay. Our question of the day. What's the biggest BYU football under-the-radar offseason storyline? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Salute Mex on Twitter. The rehab and eventual return of Moroni Laulupututau. The man was a beast in the Arizona game. He was a beast in the Wisconsin game, yes, too. He was. I can't wait to see him play with Zach Wilson, Matt Bushman, and the gang this year. He's already running. He's, he's ahead of his schedule. Apparently, he had this groundbreaking surgery. Fantastic news. Cannot wait to see MLP back on the field. For BYU football. Yeah, that absolutely qualifies as an under-the-radar storyline. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, is the next great BYU football walk-on story out there? Lauren McLean will investigate on Between the Lines. No, Jason, you don't qualify. I was going to say, she didn't talk to me, so. But first, Mark Durant, not a walk-on. He was a scholarship player. He'll join us. How will the final five games of the regular season in West Coast Conference basketball define the season for the Cougars? Starts at San Diego on Thursday. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight, watch or listen to BYU Basketball with Dave Rose on BYU TV and BYU Radio's Coach Rose, Taylor Mon, and McKelly Wesley. Join Greg Rubel to discuss Cougar basketball. You can reserve your seat for the show in Studio C right now on BYUCougars.com slash Rose Show. It's tonight, 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside the BYU Baseball Road Warrior, <laughs> Jason Shepard. Flying out Thursday. On the road again. Listen to BYUSN On Demand by downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast. Watch the show by going to BYUSN.com and experience it whenever, wherever, and however you want. Yes, BYU baseball is back this week. We'll talk to Mike Littlewood in about 20 minutes to get his preview of the 2019 season for the Batcats. Our question of the day It's about BYU football. What is the biggest BYU football under-the-radar off-season storyline? Yes, we all know Zach Wilson's in a sling. We know what happened on signing day. We know that BYU won seven games. They opened the season against Utah. What's off the radar that should be discussed? At Twiggy or Stone answers on Twitter, the health of the team at the beginning of the season. Injuries have played a large part in the past couple of seasons. Would love to go into the season with no major injuries. See, I don't know if that's an under-the-radar storyline, though. Because of the situation with Zach, I think it's somewhat at the forefront. And it, it is a reminder of just how important it is to be healthy. And then the whole Squally Canada situation where he hurts his ankle three days before yeah. the Arizona game, runs on a bum ankle against Arizona and Wisconsin. That dude had like four or five significant injuries, concussions through the season. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, we'll see. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is a man who is certainly on the radar of BYUSN. His name is Mark Durant, former BYU basketballer, current BYU basketball radio analyst. Mark, nice to have you on the program, man. How's your morning going? (laughs) So far, so good. It's always a pleasure to be on with you guys. I love Jason, but 
Is Jerem still on vacation? I mean, what's going on with that guy? Jerem's on a cruise. He went to Cuba. We don't know uh, if he's okay. <laughs> we're not. A, we can't. We're putting the uh, the the odds on it at sixty forty that he is uh, he is in some sort of uh, like a cruise jail right now. <laughs> he was riding they bikes. Happened to a nicer person. Yeah, I know. I know. He was riding bikes with uh, his Bahama shirt on through the streets of Havana. So at that point, I was like, ah, I hope he comes back. <laughs> Mark BYU basketball. Meanwhile. Um, Hey, they're in a good place as well. I don't know if they're uh, Havana, Cuba, riding the streets on a bike feeling good, but second place in the West Coast Conference behind a dominant Gonzaga team feels pretty good, given that BYU finished the non-conference at 8-7. and seven. What do you think about BYU being a game and a half in second place right now? Well, I'm pleasantly surprised, uh, you know, watching this team, particularly on the road in the preseason, uh, I wasn't too optimistic about what they were would be able to do in the conference, and the conference is better this year than it, it has been. So BYU struggled at times in the last few years uh, when they've had you know good teams, and the other teams weren't that good. So I mean, it, it was a tall task, and and I think to some extent still remains that way. I, this week will be very difficult for BYU, but I'm, I'm very happy. I mean, if you're a BYU fan, you can certainly be you know disgruntled about just the state of the program in general, if you want to be that, you know, in comparison to Gonzaga and, you know, Gonzaga is just so, so much better than everybody right now. And you think, well, what BYU should be up there with them, but that's just not where it, it is right now. I mean, this is the team you have this year. And as far as this year's team and, and what they're doing, I think you can be very pleased as a fan and, and happy with how they're performing and they're getting better. And guys are emerging as you know important contributors and, uh, to be second place in this conference uh, is is not nothing. I mean, obviously Gonzaga, they're 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 awesome. I mean, that's all you could say. And they're like a, a Duke or a Kansas in your conference. You're just probably not going to beat them, and they're going to win the conference. But that doesn't mean you stop playing. I mean, you're trying to get better and and uh, be the best team you can be. And if that means second place, I think that's a worthy goal for for BYU. And I'm I'm really pleased with how they're playing right now. Yeah, I can't say it enough. If you were to place Duke in the West Coast Conference, this is what would happen. That that Gonzaga yeah. beat Duke this season. <laughs> I can't think of a better way to uh, to explain it. BYU Mark is in the midst of a terrific defensive run. Just over the last 3 games, the numbers BYU has given up 59, 48, 49. What do you think has contributed to the defensive play especially over the last 3 games? Well, uh, one, the first thing is, I mean, people think, okay, defense, just go out, guard your guy, and just that, that's how you that's how you play, and that's how you get good. And and offenses, people think, well, that's more complex. You're running plays and things, but the defense has it's pretty complex. And the way Dave Rose likes it, I mean, if you, if you, let's for instance, if a guy gets beat baseline, then you have to have a big rotate, and then you have another that weak side guard come in and in, in show in front of that big, so they don't dunk pass it in for him for a dunk and then everybody needs to be rotating and and there's certain principles that you need to to really understand and and move as a team together and, and so one of the reasons i think they're getting better is some of the younger guys are learning exactly what they need to do and you know connor harding i think is a good on ball defender is learning you know the rotations and gavin is learning uh, his rotations and uh, so I think that's one part is that younger guys are figuring out because if one guy is not on the same page 
eventually, you know, if, if you have a good team you're playing, they're going to find the weakness and, and exploit that. The other thing is I think um, you're getting better players playing. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, McKay Cannon has begun to start at the beginning of conference play. And I think since that time, They've been better defensively. McKay is a bulldog out there, and he plays hard and has done a really nice job against some of the better guards in the conference and, and limiting them. And, uh, uh, and then you'd uh, add in uh, Nick Emery's reemergence. He's not overwhelmingly athletic defensively, but he's incredibly savvy and, and can get turnovers for you and steals and jump passing lanes. Uh, I think that helps. But obviously the most important thing is – is having some help on the backside. And with Gavin Baxter back there, it's just made all the difference in the world. Whereas previously, if a team would beat you on the perimeter and a guard gets in the paint, uh, you know, it's a layup drill. And now it's, well, uh-oh, big guy's back there. And he's either going to alter the shot or block the shot or turn the, the guard away. And he's able to recover on the big man if there's a pass down there. And it helps Yoli quite a bit to not pick up fouls, and he doesn't have to worry so much about being the rim protector. And basically you've got two good shot blockers with long arms back there uh, to make things difficult. So you, you don't get exposed as, as, as much on your individual defense when you get beat because you have some good rim protectors back there. Then you've got better defenders out there, and then you've got uh, younger guys kind of figuring it out, and you're playing together as a team. So that's a long-winded answer for that, but uh, that's kind of what I'm seeing out there. And what they've done the last three games, holding teams under 50 and 60 points, they're not going to lose a lot of games in that situation because they, they're, they're pretty good offensively. So that that's really encouraging because, guys, earlier in the season, they were really, really bad, and and teams are just going off on them. I, you know, Weber and San Diego State, you know, we go down the list, and we're seeing much, much less of that. And I think guys are kind of figuring it out and coming together as a team. BYU basketball radio analyst Mark Durant with us on BYU Sports Nation. The more that I look closely at it, this season BYU has thus far avoided the head-scratching West Coast Conference loss. And uh, I don't know why that is, but it's a good sign. BYU's three losses have come at home to Gonzaga, at St. Mary's, and at San Francisco. And San Francisco is not your typical Don's team. Mark, why do you think... It has changed thus far that BYU hasn't suffered that head-scratching setback in league play, knock on wood. I think you're getting some good leadership late in the games. I mean, that's it's not like BYU hasn't been in close games. For instance, just the other night uh, against Pacific, they were down by one under 10 minutes. And uh, But I, I think late in the game you're getting a really uh, lead, some good leadership from whether it's TJ or – Shear or Yoli or, or Luke Worthington the other night, guys are coming in and, and buckling down, playing hard and making the right plays. And I think in years past, uh, I think they'd be in those games and it would get away from them. And uh, I, I, you're not seeing that with this team. Uh, and that's certainly encouraging. I mean, one of the most important things on the road is, for, first of all, believing that you're going to win. And now they have a couple of, uh, of wins under their belt to give them that confidence. And I, you know, I was talking to Marty Haas after the game the other night, and, he's, and we were talking about this upcoming road trip. And I'm like, yeah, I hope we can uh, we, you know, keep playing this way. And he's like, no, you, we, the guys can't think like that. It can't be, I, I hope we, we win. You know, it's got to be, we're going to take care of business. This is our game. We're going to go out there, and, and, and this is gonna, we're going to win this game. And it's not about hope. This, you have to have kind of a swagger, especially when you go on the road. But, but in short, I think late in the game, I think you've got, 
really good players making good plays, and uh, you've got some experience now with the juniors and seniors, and and they're finding a way to get a win, and that says a lot about a team uh, in the close game, especially on the road, coming out with a win. That, that's big. And again, the real test, I think, uh, for me, will be this week because San Diego and uh, LMU are really good, and they've got a good history against BYU uh, when when they're at home. And uh, so uh, th- this will be fun. I'm I'm really excited about this week, and and I hope what I'm seeing from this team will continue and they'll get that type of play that they need to get a couple road wins. So besides the two games this week, there's five games remaining for BYU before the conference tournament in Vegas. How will these five games define the season? What are your expectations for the Cougars over these final five games before Vegas? Yeah, well, uh, I, I think it's probably realistic. You know, obviously I want two wins, but a split this week would be acceptable to me. And then, uh, uh, I think a big the big game will be the San Francisco game at home. If you're talking about a second place finish, and uh, and then you got Gonzaga on the road, we'll just kind of hope for a miracle there, like we've gotten uh, in years past. But uh, but I think if if you if you lose two from here on out, you're going to take second in the conference, and that that would be a really really good finish, and, and that's what I'm hoping and expecting to see. And then maybe I mean this is all maybe some ifs and whats, but. If you get that Monday game, you get the double bye, and you're in the, the semis, and you get a win there, and then then you play Gonzaga, and, and who knows? I mean, that's it's a neutral court, and Tilly's out, and maybe you have the game of your life, and uh, and that's your kind of ticket to the, the golden ticket to the NCAA tournament. I know that's far fetched, but you know that's that's the road, and uh, I'd like to see that. And I think it's certainly within reach, at least to get to that game, and then who knows what can happen in a championship game. Mark Durant with us on BYU Sports Nation. We appreciate the time, my friend. Look forward to uh, hearing your call uh, this week uh, when BYU goes on that SoCal road trip. Hopefully you're coming back with a couple of W's. <laughs> well, I hope I make it back, and I'm not stuck with Jerem uh, out somewhere in uh, Southern California, but <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can think of worse places to be stuck than Southern California. Yes, this is true. Say hello to the, the uh, Channel 4 news team for us when you're down there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mark. See you. Okay. See you guys. Mark Duran on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. Desert First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Okay, fun fact, Jason. Yes. BYU since joining the West Coast Conference, three and four at San Diego. Is that a bonus stat of the day? Three and four at San Diego. It's it stats are for losers. No. <laughs> no, they are it not. It is a little weird that because San Diego has not been a dominant team, but yet it, it is a place where BYU has struggled at down in San Diego. It's just one of those weird, odd things. The Toreros are also 11-1 and one at home this year. About to be 11-2. and two. Okay. Okay. Coming up, BYU baseball season is here. Well, almost here. Mike Littlewood's going to join us to talk about expectations for the Batcats this season. Lauren McLean back in studio, which means it's time to go between the lines. Did she find a good walk-on candidate for BYU football? Did we really do this? <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano is your place for Cougar sports with a social media twist. Cosmo is back dancing with the Cougarettes, and let me tell you, the nation is taking notice. Believe that. Who doesn't love that, by the way? Check it out on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and IGTV. 
I would love it if Cosmo wasn't the most talked about BYU sports entity right now, Jason. <laughs> Got to be honest. Why don't you go out and do what Cosmo does with the no, Cougarettes? I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from that incredible performance by the Cougarettes and Cosmo. I just wish that some sports teams were garnering as much attention as Cosmo. I believe I could generate the same amount of viral hits if I were to take Cosmo's place and do that because it would be so horrifically bad that it would go viral because people would be making fun of me. Hashtag Jason fail. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, with another look at headlines. BYU men's basketball, a projected seven seed in John Templin's latest mid-major madness NIT bracketology. Cougars are also a sixth seed in the D-rating sports NIT projections. Not sure what that thing is, but we're reporting on it. BYU travels to San Diego on Thursday to face the Toreros in a huge game. It's huge. It is huge. It's huge. Gymnastics jumps up one spot to number 20 in the NCAA poll following their victory over Air Force, Springfield, and Seattle Pacific on Saturday. Five BYU gymnasts took home Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference Specialist of the Week honors. Abby Miner, Haley Pitu, and Rebecca Bean all earned Vault Specialist honors with... Elodie Cyrene earning honors for bar specialist and Shannon Evans for floor specialist. Oh, you didn't think BYU Gymnastics was going to be awesome this year? Wrong. <laughs> BYU Men's Volleyball drops to number eight in the AVCA coaches poll rankings. The Cougars return home to host Concordia. Finally, back in the Smithfield house, they need the lift. BYU TV, Thursday, Valentine's night, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain Time. Jerem Jordan hopefully on the call if he survived his cruise. Both men's and women's track teams are ranked number 16 according to the USTF CCCA poll. The men's team fell back from number 13. The women's jumped up to from number 23 last week. You may have heard BYU football signing D went down. I just said D. Signing D. Went down last week, highlighting. Shrek? Yeah. <laughs> yes, that'll do, donkey. That'll do. Anyway, new signees, return missionaries, walk-ons, all part of the discussion. Lauren McLean joins us now to explain how she did her part in adding to the list of possible contributors for Kalani Satake. I love signing D. Yes, one of my favorite D's of the year. That'll do, Lauren. That'll do. Well, the coaches talked so much about the importance of walk-ons. They even laid out specific attributes that they were looking for. So we felt it was our duty to help the BYU football team and go out and look for the ultimate walk-on. And what better place than our own backyard? Let's go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. Football had National Signing Day recently, signing 18 new guys to the 2019 class. Kalani Satake mentioned that beyond the new signees, he really loves walk-ons. So what better place to find the ultimate walk-on than here on BYU campus? We're going to help you out, brother. Here we go. Okay, what's your name? Uh, My name is Luke. Luke Skywalker? Luke Skywalker, yes. Ooh, I like it already. Are you guys BYU football fans? Yes. Kind of? I like it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm coming over here. I want you to give me a pitch of why you would be a really good walk on the BYU football team. Currently, I play rugby for BYU. So, I feel like Okay, okay. (laughs) I think football is a great sport, and it would be amazing to play for BYU. 
I'm really small and really fast, and maybe they just wouldn't see me, and I could run really quickly and score a touchdown. That, wow, that is fantastic. So well, I should be a walk-on. Yes. I'm fast. You need fast receivers, and I'll be honest. Either that or cornerback, like, put me in, coach, put me in. We'll, we'll send okay, this I'll film to Kalani, and we'll let you know okay, how it works sweet. out. I don't know why these coaches talk about recruiting being so hard. This is easy. I've had two, actually three people so far. Let's keep going. Why would you be a good preferred walk-on for BYU? I don't know if I would be. <laughs> Personally, I think I'd be a terrible walk-on. What do you think about yourself? Um... I have no reason. I should not do that. <laughs> Tell me why you should be the next BYU walk-on. I, as you can see, have quite a bit of mass to me. and I think I can do a pretty good job of being a lineman. I eat at least 2,000 calories a day, so I think I should be pretty good. Okay, what's your name? Andrew Jurgens. Andrew. Oh, my gosh. We found a Jurgens. We have found the ultimate BYU walk-on. I'm, I'm done. So I want you to give me your best pitch on why you would be a great addition to the football team. Like, one, I have the best mustache on campus. Like, it's coming in pretty nicely. I felt like if I hopped on the team with this mustache, I may just, like, get too much playing time. And, like, the other players might get kind of kind of jealous. I would be the best um, walk-on to the BYU football team because I'm super agile and I can run. I think my 40-yard dash is probably record time. And because I'm half Polynesian, we know that my defense is, like, in my blood. That might be the best pitch I've heard all day. I think I'd be a good walk-on because... I work with the wide receivers, so I'm familiar with the drills, and I can be able to excel in that position. I can also, like, bench maybe, like, 10 pounds. You can bench 10 pounds? Yeah, it's it's a record. I'm sorry, have you seen any of the football players? Uh, no. Uh-uh. Never. <laughs> Give me your best pitch on why you would be the best walk-on for the football team. Every team needs, like, the kid who sits on the end of the bench and just, like, gets hyped for everyone, and, like, who doesn't necessarily play. But everyone, like, likes and just knows that, like, I have their back, you know. Like, they can go to, like, to complain about other players or coaches. Like, I'm not going to say anything. And I also have the fastest 40 time in the state, I'm pretty sure. All right. Well, I'm going to make you prove that. Okay, I want you to run to that. Do you see that big pile of snow? There and back. I'll do you one up. I'll run around that pile. On your mark? That, are we sure that's 40? Are we sure that's 40? It's around 40. It's around 40. We'll just shave off 10 seconds and call it good. Okay. All right. Mark, get set, Go. Great high knees. Yeah. Okay. Your official time is 14. Four seconds. 32. Four point 14. 32. Four. 14. Put in a good word for the coach for me. Okay, we'll put in a good word and we'll let you know. Thanks for the time. Thank you so much. Perfect. Who knew we could find so many potential walk-ons on our own campus? I think we found some good recruits today. So Kalani Satake, when you're watching this, if you need any of these guys' name or number, hit me up. You know where to find me. Go Cougs. Lauren, I, I want to say I, that I feel I don't think encouraged, we found him. but, I'm, but I'm, not, I'm not encouraged at all. I don't think we found him. No, <laughs> I tried to stay positive there at the I'm end. I'm going to assume right. Kalani uh, is, is not going to be calling you. I don't yeah. think he ever again. Just Boy. probably won't even ever Boy, look me in the eye uh, again. It's a real downer there. I know, but anyway, but you know what's, you know what's some good news is next week on Between the Lines, we are doing a BOU basketball trivia challenge with my quick-witted colleagues, Spencer Linton and Greg Rebell. Follow us on Twitter at BOU underscore BTL using the hashtag BOU BTL and on Instagram at Between the Lines. No offense, Spencer, but you're going to get hurt. <laughs> yeah, this is like, this is like this Gonzaga, is like Gonzaga versus BYU. Yeah, that's exactly okay. what I was going to say. Trivia I need, a, I need a But there's always the chance. You are in trouble. Like, there's I, always I feel the like chance. I know stuff. I'm BYU. He's Gonzaga. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs>
Thanks, Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Lauren. Coming up, why are the Batcats all in as the season approaches for BYU baseball? Coach Mike Littlewood in Studio B. He gets us ready for warmer weather and nights at Miller Park. This is BYU Sports Nation. It's a great day. Between the Lines is presented by Tim Daly Ford and the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Listen to Behind the Mic Wednesdays at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. Get better acquainted with Cougars past and present as Greg Rubel hosts a weekly hour of in-depth conversation. This week's guests include BYU baseball ace Jordan Wood and former BYU basketball sharpshooter Jonathan Tavernari. Tune in tomorrow at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. Joining us now in Studio B for the first time in a while. It's been too long. But it means the boys of spring are back at BYU, the Batcats. Their head coach, Mike Littlewood, with us. Mike, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I, I lost my way up here. It's been so long, really. So <laughs> thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad you traversed <laughs> through the snow. Uh, seriously. Through the hard times. <laughs> you made it back. Good to be here. You're headed to Arizona this week to open up the season. Uh, what are your emotions like right now as uh, you begin the 2019 baseball season? Um, anxiety. <laughs> you know, that it's, I was telling my wife yesterday, she's like, you feel... Just a little bit of that, the the nerves that you feel before games, and it's they're good nerves. I mean, they're nerves you want. But um, we have a bunch of guys who who are unproven but talented, I think, and so um, positively op- optimistic or whatever you want to call it. It's just I'm, I'm looking forward to a good season, but there's a, there's some unknowns. So it may take a few games out of the blocks to to kind of take a couple deep breaths, like our shortstop Carson Matthews that the talk I had with him. Uh, but but I like our talent level. So besides some of the unknowns that you just have to start a year, what does have you excited about this year's team? Um, just the culture, uh, especially coming off last year was disappointing culture and disappointing season. Um, the guys this year, just they, they just want to go compete, and I think everybody's on the same page. Our mantra all-in has been, been really good for us, um, and I, I, I really believe that everybody has the goal of, of, number one, finishing the top four in the West Coast Conference, and then secondarily winning that tournament to get to the NCAAs. I mean, I feel like that's our goal, and everybody's on the same page. What do you know about this team? What do you feel like, okay, I feel confident that I'm going to get this from these guys. So what, what are the knowns for this BYU baseball team? The one known is Jordan Wood. He's going to be our starting pitcher. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's locked in right now. I know we're going to play great defense. Our outfield um, is incredible. Mitch, Matt, or Mitch McIntyre in left field, Danny Jelich in center, Brock Hale in right. Um, Mitch and – well, they're all – in baseball, we we time a little bit differently than we time it in the sixty yard dash, and they're all um, Danny and uh, add Jaron Hall into that mix, and a couple other guys that we have on our team already. Those guys can really run. They're all six five runners, which is pretty pretty quick. Good arms from the outfield. I know we're going to be able to play defense, uh, especially in the outfield. I know we're going to be good base runners. We got we've got good team speed. Um, right now, we're just trying to to tell our guys put together good at bats and try to grind out at bats. Don't don't be a guy who's going to go up there and and be a two or three pitch out and by swinging at a bad pitch. You know, make that pitcher work. That's kind of been our, our MO when we've been successful here. 
of just making that pitcher work. And so that's those are some of the things we're trying to do. But we're going to pitch it a little bit. We're going to play good defense. You mentioned Jaron Hall, and I know that when he came in, obviously the BYU quarterback, when he came in, it was to kind of get an idea of where he is. And in talking with you, I know you've been pleasantly surprised with what you've seen from him. Yeah, I mean, I was I was really honest yesterday in our a little press conference that I thought Jaron would come out and uh, after two or three weeks just realize, hey, this is this is overwhelming to me. I can't I can't hit it. I you can't throw it. I can't catch it. It was a. It was totally opposite than that. He's. He was really impressive. I mean, he for not playing for three years, and then coming in at this level and facing our guys that should be able to get college hitters out. He's done a nice job. There's there's some rust there, but the tools are are clearly there. I mean, I think if he concentrated on on, on baseball, he could be a pro guy, no doubt. He's got those kind of tools. So for us, I mean, we know football's first. Um, he won't be with us a whole lot in March. Um, and you know, Kalani's been great to work with as far as just um, letting him come over when he can. And so, just in the limited time, I mean, he's proven that he can be a he can be a guy for us. So we know that Jordan Wood is your starter. What else should we anticipate in the uh, rotation staff uh, yeah. of what we're going to see from day to day? So Justin Sterner is going to start game two for us this week. Justin's a big right-hander, um, return missionary, but he did he did pitch a little bit last year. Um, had a great summer up in Chico, California, summer league. He's a guy that's going to sit 90, 92, maybe 93. He's got a good hard riding fastball. Um, secondary stuff has, has some work, but it's workable enough to – guys just can't score up his fastball because it's, we talk about spin rate nowadays, and it just stays elevated for a longer time than, than hitters expect it, so they, they don't put good swings on it. One interesting thing we're doing is last year Drew Zimmerman was a freshman All-American closer for us. And as a closer, he would sit at 92, 94, and, and he'd kind of throw it by some people, and he'd be able to miss with his fastball down the middle because he, he had that extra velocity. We're trying to convert him to a, a starter. He'll start game three for us. Uh, but being a starter, your velocity is going to drop just a little bit because you have to sustain that over 80 to 100 pitches instead of 20. And so with his velocity dropping, 89, 91, he's going to have to locate his fastball a little bit better, and that's what he's working on now. But his slider and changeup are, are devastating. So if he can work out that fastball, he's going to be really good for us. And I guess the other two guys in the, in the mix for a starting spot would, uh, on the staff or on a starting rotation would be Blake Inouye, who's been doing great, and a transfer, Jared Lesser, who sits around 90 with good secondary stuff. So I like out of the pool of five guys, we're going to pick three of those for league play in, in a few weeks and see how it goes. One of the things that, that I, I find interesting about this team is is how flexible the roster is. And just one example of that is Keaton Kringlin, who's been a staple in the outfield yeah. and is now going to play some first base. I mean, that's just one example. How beneficial do you think that roster flexibility can be throughout the course of a season? Well, it's going to help us a lot because we have two, two legitimate two-way guys, Austin Deming, who's going to play first base and be a pitcher for us. And Mitch McIntyre, a left-handed pitcher who's on the mound, he's 86, 88, and just really competes. And so uh, to be able to – Keaton was a – Kringlin was a, a high school shortstop. Um, not a great one, but he, he did play shortstop, played third base. But he's, he can be a great first baseman. He's got he's, – I mean, he's got defensive skills. So him and Deming and Brian Sewell will kind of share those spots. But, um, it, you know, f- to be able to bring Mitch in from left field – throw him a couple innings, move him back there, or if I have to take him out of the game, put Jaron Hall and per, put Ryan Sapedi in or put you know, one, of our, one of our guys there or put Keaton in there, um, depending on right-left matchups. It's, it's, it's really, like you said, it's, it gives me some flexibility where we're not just stuck. Oh, we're facing a left-hander today, so we're gonna, our, our five left-handers in the lineup are going to get out. I mean, we can put some right-handers in there and, and kind of work it that way. 
Coach, you get a significant challenge with Northwestern uh, this week to open up the season in Mesa. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. For, I'll take it. Uh, that open I'll take it. It's anything we can get. And I know that you have scoured, I mean, looked at every single preseason release in collegiate baseball newspapers. And <laughs> so uh, I, we, won't, we won't bother with you don't preseason know me at projections. All, <laughs> you don't know me at all. <laughs> I will say this. The last time you picked to finish sixth in conference, things went pretty well. That's what I'm saying. It worked out. That's yes. It went pretty well. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Coach, appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, thanks, guys. Coming up, gymnastics getting recognized for doing work over the weekend. And updated rankings for multiple BYU teams. It's nice to have multiple teams ranked. Whip, coming up next, this is BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guests, Mark Durant, Lauren McLean, and BYU baseball coach Mike Littlewood. Season opens for the Batcats this week. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast, go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. Do you think it's time for the Cougar Whip Around? I do. Hi, Dennis. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Basketball. BYU is a seven seed in John Templeton's latest mid-major madness NIT bracket projections. The Cougars are a six seed in the D-rating sports NIT projections. BYU, big game Thursday at San Diego facing the Toreros. Gymnastics. Five BYU gymnasts taking home Mountain Rim Gymnast Conference Specialist of the Week honors. Abby Miner, Haley P2, Rebecca Bean all earned vault specialist honors with Elodie Cyrene earning honors for the bars and Shannon Evans on the floor. Volleyball. Men's volleyball dropping to eighth in the latest AVCA coaches poll rankings. The Cougars back at the Smithfield House to host Concordia on BYU TV this Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Eight time. Eight is not great, Jason. Hmm? Could be worse. Track and field. Both men's and women's track teams ranked number 16 according to the latest USTF CCCA poll. The men's team dropping from number 13 to that 16 spot. The women's team jumping seven spots up to 16 from 23. Today's rise and shout goes to the coaches in the West Coast Conference for voting BYU baseball to finish sixth. As soon as I saw that, I was like, yes. The number six has been a good number for BYU baseball. Yeah, pick them to finish outside the top four. I love it. Yeah, I, uh, I'm excited to see this team and, and what they can do. They get a significant challenge. Northwestern's good. They're good. And they get a Cal team on the schedule that's really talented. They'll be tested early. Are hey, you ready? I'm, re- I'm ready. That's what you're wanting. That's what coaches want to see what they have early in the season. All right. Our question of the day, as the Batcats go out in place of BYU football, what's the BYU football under-the-radar offseason storyline? Our Elite Voice of the Day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating 50 years at OPC underscore Killa. Where's the P5 invite shatter this offseason? <laughs> Let's start some rumors. Look, if there was an opportunity for me to be able to talk about P5 expansion, I would be all over that. Just call your boy Bob Bowlesby. He's got something up his sleeve, Yo, right? Bobby, <laughs> when, when we getting the invite? <laughs> Uh, Tyson Peterson says, I think filling the offensive line coach position is a bit under the radar. Ryan Pugh did an amazing job, and we'll need someone soon to be there in the spring. All right. There we go. Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN. You ready for baseball, man? I am ready for some baseball. Okay. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout out to Ben Saylor, 2006 All-American for the Batcats. Go Cougs. Go Cougs.